Genre. the Doctor's Companion presents Doctor Who The Long Way Around, the weekly podcast where we review and discuss every episode of Doctor Who, one doctor at a time. I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. I'm Nick Jimenez. And I'm Scott Corelli. And today on the show we'll be discussing The Stones of Venice, the Eighth Doctor's fourth story. Have we really listened to four of these already? Uh, well, no, we've listened to three because the first story oh, was Oh, true. The movie. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. The TV movie. Okay. Yeah, I did that too. Um, just kidding. <laughs> I was like, I don't think I've done this four times. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, we're gonna be doing uh, Stones of Venice. This is from like the first season of um, Big Finish Adventures with uh, the first like uh, I don't know series of uh, Big Finish Adventures with the Eighth Doctor. This is still in the monthly adventures uh, thing where they would do. Um, they would They'd, do like, like rotate. Yeah, yeah, they do like three or four months of one doctor, and then three or four months of the next doctor, and they just mm-hmm. kind of go in that um, that sort of way. Uh, so this was uh, this is this is in that. I guess the I mean, really, the only important thing to really note about this because um, there isn't there isn't a lot uh, with these big finish stories. It's not like there's any like juicy gossip uh, about these because <laughs> you know everybody just showed up in their pajamas and read a script. <laughs> uh, audio nerds. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, one interesting thing, and I think you could notice, uh, this is the first Big Finish story that was recorded. So for wow. some reason, they recorded them out of order. Well, you um, know, it's true to form. You're right. Right. But that's that's. Yeah. I mean, you're not wrong, but I just find that interesting. Like, why? Why? Like, I yeah, like, like why? Because like, with Doctor Who, it's such a product of like, this is the only way we can make this happen. Right, because of locations <laughs> yeah. and uh, like uh, actor availability, etc. Right. I guess I guess it could be actor availability could be part of the reason why this is first. But well, they were um, still they were planning the with Nilla and I reboot still back then. <laughs> The Stones of Venice, written by Paul Mars, directed by Gary Russell, produced by Big Finish Productions. Air date, March 2001. The TARDIS lands in the middle of the final day of Venice several centuries into the future. The local Duke has spent 100 years mourning his lost love, Estella, who cursed him to live a full century after he carelessly wagered her life in a card game. She also cursed the city to crumble and succumb to the water after 100 years. The doctor befriends a museum curator named Churchwell, who is attempting to save Venetian paintings before the city is destroyed by the curse. He is also dealing with cult members that worship Estella, who are convinced that Churchwell is hiding a painting of their deity, despite his claims that no painting exists. V 
Vincenzo, the cult leader, wants the painting as part of a resurrection spell that will bring Estella back so that she can save Venice from its fate. Meanwhile, Charlie befriends a gondolier named Pietro, who turns out to be part of a group of gondoliers who have developed gills over the century and have been oppressed by Venice High Society. They want the city to fall because they believe that when it goes underwater, it will finally belong to them. He drugs Charlie and convinces her to impersonate Estella so that the curse isn't lifted and the destruction of Venice is a certainty. As it turns out, Estella cannot be resurrected because she was never dead in the first place. A bystander named Miss Lavish reveals herself to be Estella, hidden in plain sight all this time. She is also a vengeful alien who used alien technology, not some magic curse. The Duke convinces her to reverse the curse, which restores Venice, but also costs the Duke and Estella their lives in the process. They embrace one last time and make a heroic sacrifice. With Venice saved, the Doctor and Charlie head back to the TARDIS. The Doctor can't quite believe that all of this fuss and mythology was caused by two perfectly ordinary people, but Charlie disagrees and calls it a touching love story about two people who waited a hundred years just to die together. The Doctor promises Charlie that he will never abandon her like that and calls her his best friend. What I find so strange about it, about it being the first story that they recorded is uh, the end of it. Um, it literally ends with the eighth doctor calling Charlie his best friend. And I'm like, you barely know her. <laughs> it's it. Okay. So he, if we he barely go ahead knows and... her. He barely knows her in the context of the stories we've been listening to, right. uh, let alone uh, by the way they've been recording it. So it's, it was it's just a weird, weird line. It's and it's literally the final line. Like we're yeah. being very specific. It's like you're my best friend, Charlie. <laughs> and it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'll be honest, you know, he. Oh my gosh, I can't. Um, I'm forgetting his name. Uh, Paul McGann. Paul Paul McGann sells it. It's not cringy because of the way. It's just I don't think he ever called like. Rose, his best friend, or best friend is just such a non-doctor phrase. Yeah, well, who? There, there is friend. one. There's one doctor who's called his companion his best friend. Was it? Was it Matt Smith's doctor called Amy his best friend? I think that that sounds uh, like something he would do. Yeah, I think you, that's right. You've always been um, my favorite, Amelia. Yeah. <laughs> more than all the others. <laughs> but, See, but even that. You know, Amy and Eleven like were that. That's not that's <laughs> no, I know, I know. like I've liked you more than all the others. <laughs> yeah, hopping. Yeah, no, but see, yeah. Amy, Amy and Eleven were. I mean, you know, for we 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 criticize them a lot, but they were the best of friends. Uh, that's fair. Yeah, Charlie and <laughs> this is like their second, third adventure together. Yeah, maybe he means like, look, you're my best friend currently, for sure. Yeah, I don't roll deep. <laughs> So there is this element at the beginning of 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 the story where we have mm-hmm. the the cold open where it's it's them all like in at the end of an adventure where they're getting shot at and stuff um mm-hmm. and it sort of has like a like it, it's trying to be the cold open of Star Trek into darkness <laughs> which is <laughs> arguably the best part of that movie. I I, I agree with that. <laughs> um, but but it's it's really coming across more like the elevator conversation in Attack of the Clones, where they're like, "Remember when we did this?" 
remember when we we had this adventure and that adventure and now we have all of these jokes which makes it even worse that it's the first one that they recorded mm. i don't know it, yeah i could it, i could tell that they don't have a lot of chemistry in this story um personally really? yeah yeah um, I, I mean, I think they get chemistry as they go along, but I think that they had more chemistry in Storm Warning than they yeah. did in this. This moment that, that had a lot of cool moments that I like. You know, I mean, we're, we're jumping around a lot, but it, it's easy to do when it's I mean, we listen to this in one chunk. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. Um, well, I don't know. I don't know. Were they, were they released like uh, episodically or was it like one story? Uh, Well, they released it. Like they aired it on BBC Radio, and when they do that, they they play it all in one chunk. Um, it okay. all just comes, yeah, it all comes out in one chunk. It's it's technically the format is four episodes on two CDs. Like when oh. you bought it from Big mm-hmm. Finish before you could like download the files later. Mm-hmm. Oh, so these were um, ever on like terrestrial but, radio? Right? No, it was. It was oh, on, okay. It, it was. was. It was on. It was on BBC Radio, but that was like. Okay. I think mid two thousands, uh, when they started doing that, like early on, I, I believe it sure. was just like, oh, I want to buy this from this company that creates these Doctor Who stories. Oh, it's like you could order like it. Rhino, like Rhino Records. Yeah, right, exactly. Um, I think that's how it was in two thousand one when it was actually released. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I even think maybe you could buy like a subscription, and they would just like automatically send you them when they came out. Oh, um, CD subscriptions that takes me. Yeah. Back. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, no. Eventually, they did start playing them on on BBC Radio. Uh, but uh, I I believe they played them in a two hour block. Um, okay. Every time they did that, so I there's no I I don't believe there was at any point unless you chose to listen to it serialized. I don't think there was ever a point uh, where it was in that format uh, okay. naturally. Mm. Yeah. Cool. Well, yeah, there, there's individual moments I want to get to, but I think it might be it might for the sake of conversation, it might be better if we went uh, chronologically. OK, I mean, I was just talking about the cold open. Um, oh, sick. OK, yeah, you were you were. Uh, <laughs> yeah. OK, so right off the bat, I don't know if anyone else caught this vibe or if it was just me, but was McGann like extra sultry in this one? <laughs> I think that's just I think that's just his voice. I just, oh, just so good. In this particular yeah. one he was like, "Oh, welcome to the Tardis. Why don't you just put your feet up and get comfortable?" I'm like, "Oh my god." <laughs> like, maybe maybe well, I mean, again, it's like the first time that he had played the Eighth Doctor since the TV movie. That's mm. true. That's very true. So so maybe he was kind of like warming up to it again. Well, yeah, well, and war- warming up to it, but also like, "Oh wait, like this script is written well. I need to like now now I can actually make like real decisions about this character and like figure out like what my take on the doctor is cuz it's always it's always difficult I would imagine. I mean there's a reason why very rarely do they film the uh the 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 uh well, I don't know new what what do you I always have trouble calling what cuz when I say regeneration story his um his debut yeah debut story. Like any doctor's debut story like it's why they tend to film those like after they've done a couple Mm -hmm. um because they 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 need to know where they're going before they can like act the process of getting there you know Mm -hmm. um and he didn't get to do that he had to start with the debut story and uh 
you know, try to do his best. So I imagine there's a little bit of that going on, like a little bit of a learning curve on the character yeah. for him. I was about it. I was into it. I was just, yeah. I, I was alarmed at how sexual so many of his line <laughs> readings seemed to me. Yeah, a little bit. A uh, little bit. I mean, he's the original romantic doctor. He is. He, and he's super, I mean, he's he's almost like a... Just the idea of him running around in Venice and, and stuff, it was just such like a gothic romantic story. I was actually like, I, I, I would thought, I would think that I had skipped stuff mm-hmm. because so little of this story is like the classic, like Doctor Who running around monster. Like a lot of this is, is, is like a, like a drama. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I actually would say that um, I really do like the story. Like, you know, me too. If, if you just listen to the recap and you heard me um, describing the story, like it's it's a really good story. I my my I, I think my mark against it is that um, while I like the story, I don't think any of the guest characters are good or interesting. In They're not very any... memorable, for sure. No, not memorable at all. They're all pretty, like, like paint-by-numbers kind of boring, to be honest. Right. It's um, funny because, like, I was listening through this, and I could have sworn that I have heard this before, but I don't think, like, none of it felt familiar, but at the same time it did. It It was this weird, like limbo space where I'm like some of these voice actors sound familiar but and I kind of know where the story's going but I don't know how I know this um but did you like because Mark Gatiss is a voice in it and I'm like oh Mark Gatiss you're yeah. you're an old Doctor Who standby but like he's just he's just a stan like I, I really <laughs> underestimate like, I don't know there's something very like before he even really had the gig he was already like I will be in a Doctor Who audio adventure <laughs> <laughs> well, because he was already like writing books at that time, yeah. he was writing big Finnish audio adventures. So, yeah, he he really he really put himself out there. As now, far that's as, a uh, documentary I could watch in like five years. Like the the journey of Marcus, <laughs> yeah, just like his career. I'm just so I have so many questions. Like when he showed up in Spaced. Oh, oh my yeah. god! Yeah, he, he, and he's in like a he was in like a comedy team like back in college. I don't know. Just yeah, a really prolific career. He played. Uh, if I, did he play the doctor or the master in that comedy sketch that he did? Um, I don't remember. I don't remember which it was. Yeah, I think it was the doctor. But yeah, he played one of them in some sort of like comedy thing during he the would. dark years of the you know yeah nineties early two thousands. Yeah, I forget what that was called, but I just I don't know. I'm usually more into his acting than I am his writing, but like mm-hmm. I I don't know. I wasn't really into his. I don't know if he plays villains very well or like this kind of villain mm-hmm. or antagonist. I guess would be the best. Yeah, that's word true. For him. Vincenzo. Yeah. Vincenzo. Yeah, some great. I I couldn't get enough of like really Italian names and just unabashedly British accents. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a gondola. I'm a gondola driver. We don't have a lot of respect here. In was Venice. he? Was he in the Storm Warning? That actor that played the Frogman because his voice sounds really familiar. I'm not sure. It, I feel uh, like he was like the like one of the bad guys. Barnaby Edwards. I think he might have been. He's. He, I think he's like a staple. Um, okay. Mm, uh, okay. Barnaby Edwards. Well, he is a he is a Dalek operator. Yeah, oh. um, 
full like full time. Uh, but what a job. yeah, he I know, was right? In, yeah, he did play Rathbone. You called it. You okay. called it. He yeah, because I felt Storm like I felt like the entire time he was going to call Charlie Doll, and I'm just like, wait, didn't he yeah. already do that? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He was in Sword of Orion <laughs> as well, and he's going to be in Minuet in Hell. So he just was a character in every single. Oh, wait, wow. the next story. story is called Minuet in Hell. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Just making sure. <laughs> but uh yeah, so he just he 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 plays a character in every single one of these uh first Well, good for him, I guess. Like seven, yeah. eight doctor stories. That's a great that'd be a great job just having just getting a different character every week mm-hmm. and then playing it exactly the same way. <laughs> yeah, that's true. With like a slightly different accent. Yeah. Uh, yeah, now that you say that, I'm like, oh, yeah, he did sound really familiar, didn't he? Um, doll. Right? I was like, yeah. ugh. Gross. Yeah. Gross. <laughs> I really liked um, Charlie in this, though. Me too. She was, yeah. she was great. I, there were some moments at the beginning when they were just exploring, uh, Venice and like, oh, when they were on the gondola and the doctor was just like sleeping and he's like, I'm just mm-hmm. having deeply profound thoughts. And she's like, oh, of course you were, but, you know, you know, very nice. And like, I like this. I like, <laughs> like, a kind of like, not a pompous doctor, but a doctor who looks, likes to pretend to be pompous. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. like, you know, you don't get the feeling that McGann's doctor actually thinks he's like always thinking profound thoughts, but it's just like, you know, it's fun to say. Um, or I liked all of the, I liked how much she ragged on the TARDIS. Yeah. <laughs> But he still called it like the like his best friend or whatever. He called That's two true. things his best friend. Um, what a player! He's like, he, he's like he's like a fourth he's like a fourth grade girl. Yeah, Doctor <laughs> just throws that around a lot. Um, Tardis is my oldest friend, but you you gave me your friend. milk. You're my best friend. <laughs> uh, is this cast? Do you remember when when the Eighth Doctor uh, uh, adaptation of um, Shada? came out did they leave the gondola scene in it i don't i've never listened to that so i don't i don't don't, yeah i don't remember if they did uh that that means that like there's two stories in his first five stories where he's just like punching a gondola (laughs) yeah he's just hanging out in a gondola (laughs) that's funny that you say that because i was like when they were in the gondola and he was like hey i could get the hang of this i'm like wait fourth doctor story like yeah (laughs) Yeah, That's yeah I, I like I like the doctor in in Ven. I, I liked how much time they took for the doctor to just like rhapsodize about like the intrinsic the, the intrinsic romance of the city and the intrinsic like kind of sadness of the city because like it's sinking. And I don't mm-hmm. know, it was, it was just a super interesting backdrop for a, a Doctor Who story. Mm-hmm. It feels it feels very much like an Eighth Doctor story because it's sort of. It's it's big and romantic and it has like a cool uh twist to it where it it you you know you think that it's a like a magic story or whatever because it's got you know like this curse and mm-hmm. witches and all this crazy stuff and then you find out that you know actually she was an alien and it wasn't a curse it was like a alien science fictiony thing and I don't know, like just everything about that I liked. And I liked the fact that it was easy to forget 
when you're listening to it. But it's not just like Venice or ancient Venice. It's actually like Venice in the future far Venice, future. Yeah. yeah, it's like future Venice of like 2294. <clears throat> right, uh, when it's like about to go. Right. And and I think that that's – I don't know. I, I, I just – this felt very Doctor Who to me. And I, and, it, and I feel like if we could see it, it would have been – Oh, gorgeous. Like Yeah, just amazing. Yeah. 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 I feel like the Eighth Doctor – the Eighth Doctor is in, – in a different world, he is like the perfect Doctor for like a series of theatrical Doctor Who films. Mm. Um, yeah, because he yeah he's just a little more he's a little more network. Yeah, yeah. There's just a, like a little he's he's just like um he, he's a little more larger than life. I think uh, like his, yeah. his stories are just like a little they feel a little bigger yeah. in a in a more like broad romantic sense. Yeah, like capital um, R romantic. Yeah, you know, right. Or capital yeah. G gothic. It's funny right. that you say that though because I think I like this story. Because it's it's very simple, but it's also it it reads really quiet to me. Like maybe uh-huh. it's just the weather because it's like really crappy and rainy outside. But this is like the perfect thing to listen to with like a cup of coffee and just like yeah. hanging out. And I I I don't know. I liked I, how like Shakespearean they were trying to be. Like I mean, the yeah. obvious reference with Orsino aside. Like I really liked the weird like fourth wall breaking like soliloquies that the old lady yeah. was given and like <laughs> it's it's such a weird interesting mix of things that you wouldn't expect Doctor Who to try but it works mm-hmm. for this and I yeah, really enjoyed and like, it. Why not? You yeah. Know, like 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 just to hear an audio story that's actually taking advantage of its medium instead mm-hmm. of Trying to fit like a, a classic Doctor Who type episode into an audio format was I was like, yeah, yeah. Like, this probably wouldn't work as well as an episode. It would be kind of too slow. But like Cass said, when you're in your room and you've got your coffee and you're like just on the couch, it it's it's soothing in a way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, I I uh, I I think it's I think it's really uh, it's it's really good. Like I said, I think I think you know my only. My biggest uh, takeaway as far as um, criticism is is just that I don't think any of the side characters are particularly memorable, and I don't sure. think I don't think the Eighth Doctor and Charlie have uh, as m- enough chemistry to warrant the chemistry they're talking about having. Um, right. Yeah. In the story, they're also they're also separate for a good chunk of this. I, I, I mean, I, that's that's pretty average. That's pretty. That's pretty, <laughs> that's pretty, that's pretty normal. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, you get what, well, like we've got, we've got, uh, you know, we've got like a cult in here, a doomsday cult, mm-hmm. which is cool. We've got, uh, doomsday party, this whole thing, the whole thing with the painting, um, is fine, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it felt like, it felt like it went kind of nowhere. Like it, like to a point where I was like, I don't really know. Could you have done this without the painting stuff? Um, yeah, I thought that the painting was going to be like the thing that they needed, but then it was like, no, just kidding. It's the necklace. Yeah. Which I don't, I don't even remember them talking about the necklace. So right. <laughs> it's kind of like a weird MacGuffin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's, uh, it's, I don't know. It's cool. You know, hundred years mourning, you know, mourning a lost love. Like that's, a. Uh, big crazy romantic weird thing mm-hmm. i don't know like i like that it's cool 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Two stories in a row about uh, people having statues made of people, women they loved. That's true. <laughs> and like Dude, pining after them for like hundreds of years. <laughs> oh yeah. my love. Uh, the statue uh, does not compare. It's a statue. Of course it's not. <laughs> it's never going to compare to an actual marble. I would hope not. If it did compare, I'd have a lot of questions. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like Ben Grimm should get a statue and it would be like, yeah, that, that was him in life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, that's incredible. Uh, <laughs> ben Grimm, what... the, the rock monster from Never Ending Story. Yeah. Korg. <laughs> <laughs> Quark. <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. Oh my goodness. Um Yeah, it's uh it's I yeah, I mean I don't I don't really know this is the problem with with talking about like um these four Audio. part eighth doctor stories is yeah. that they they're they're a little sparse and it's cool because it it gives it like a cool mood you know mm-hmm. but um it makes it it makes it difficult to talk about because there's not a lot there uh to really like sink your teeth into yeah uh not not usually every once in a while one will happen where you're like oh actually that was really good um, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I but right. I I do think yeah. I think that like most of uh the eighth doctor conversations that we'll we'll have where we're gonna really dig deep into um his episodes the, it won't come until the uh yeah. the actual um like eighth doctor Adventures. adventure yeah yeah I, I i just i appreciated how different it was i i like that it wasn't like another you know alien on a spaceship we're on the spaceship story mm-hmm. it was it was like okay yeah this has some twists it was it was like being told like a ghost story almost mm. yeah yeah it's yeah. very atmospheric yeah I mean, this is the reason why I love Vampires in Venice so much. Very similar, mm, kind of. Yeah, thing. yeah. I wonder how much of that was like, were they was Stones of, were they aware of Stones of Venice? Is it like a little bit of an allusion to it, or is it just completely coincidental? Well, they they had to have been at least aware. I mean, you know, people mm-hmm. work on Doctor Who that work on Big Finish Doctor Who, so right. Yeah, they're not. Yeah. It's it's not like it's not like ABC Marvel Marvel Studios. Right, right, right. I mean, I mean, uh, Moffat uh, canonized all of the Eighth Doctor stuff. That's yeah. true. That's very, very true to his yeah. credit. Right. So you know, it's fine. Um, I mean, that's the reason why we're doing this and not not just skipping over it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's all canon, guys. It's all canon. Uh, yeah. I don't. I don't. I mean, do you guys have any other thoughts or feelings? There about, was. Uh, I'm really just trying to remember. There was stuff. a line that I really liked, and it made me laugh. But just from the delivery. But there's a line he says to Mark Gatiss's character, like he's like, "Oh, are you all right?" And and the evil priest is like, "Oh, well, what do you care?" And he's like, "Well, I always care about humans getting hurt, even if they're horrible people." And I'm just like, "Oh, that's funny." Because I just like <laughs> the aside, like even if they're horrible people, like <laughs> he's like recognizing that. This this is like a really unsavory character, but I like that it's it's still the doctor, you know. Mm-hmm. Like he's like, well, you know, obviously I'm gonna care because I'm the doctor. But right. That one stood out. I don't know. There was just like it was more like mood than anything. Yeah, really. yeah, mood as opposed to like set pieces. Yeah, or... yeah. 
Yeah. Stunts. I know Dr. Who always has stunts. <laughs> stunts. Um, <gasps> yeah, so he, uh, the, the, the writer of this, um, Paul Majors, Maggers, mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I, I assume it's Majors, but it, there's no, there's no, um, it's like M-A-G-R-S. There's no like second vowel. It's really <laughs> I, I, um, I, I, I can see the, the difficulty with that. Yeah. Uh, but he uh, he's written quite a few and they all sort of have like uh, kind of like romantic fairy tale-ish kind of sound like like sounding uh, titles um, like The Wishing Beast and The Vanity <laughs> Box mm. and The Boy the Time Forgot and The Lady oh, of, of Mercia and wow. The Last Fairy Tale. Like they all sound very kind of like romantic sounding well and they, then, all, they all sound like madeline langold books yeah and then he he wrote uh two of my favorite uh eighth doctor adventure episodes the horror of glam rock and the saigon <laughs> who fell to earth um, oh my god both of those are phenomenal especially the saigon who fell to earth is one of the best they sound amazing um, yeah, but horror of glam rock is great because it's got uh bernard cribbins in it as a uh, as a as a as a gross uh, record producer, amazing, um, just like a completely different type of character. Oh my god! I really wanted you to say Bernard Cribbins was playing like a glam rock star. <laughs> I mean, I mean, he's a glam rock music producer. So, yeah, there's that. Hello, um, everyone. Can I can't can't do it right now. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so this is this is this is a good guy. He's a good he's a good writer. Um, for big finish, be a so, fun um, job, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would be. Uh, big finish. You listening? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> need need writers, right? All three of us, please. Um, anyway. we're a package deal. We're like the Sherman brothers. Only <laughs> <laughs> like one of us. of us is a sister. The Sh- yeah, <laughs> I'm the honorary brother. Yeah, the, the, the Warner honorary. brothers and the Warner sister. <laughs> yeah, also known as sister. Um, yeah, she's the dot. Uh. And we're the Yakko. Good, because she's the best mm-hmm. character. <laughs> she is. You're definitely. That's actually, you know, that's actually weirdly accurate of the three of us. Aww. Yeah, you're definitely Yakko. I'm definitely Wacko. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Cass is definitely Dot of the three of us. That's that's weirdly accurate. I'm good. It took us uh, like what? Like four years to figure out our dynamic? Oh. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> we're the Animaniacs. <laughs> Uh good times. Anyway, uh great story. Listeners, listeners, did you guys watch the Animaniacs when you were growing up? <laughs> <laughs> I like when you randomly loop in the listeners into like whatever yeah. conversation. <laughs> Speaking of our listeners, they they let us know some information. Yeah, we we put the the word out there that um we're you know, we're trying to trying to get a get a feel for uh people's interest in the recaps and it seems uh by a by a wide margin everybody seemed to really like them and want them to stay around so they're a lot of work but i guess we're we're keeping them um people seem to like them so uh hopefully if you're listening to this and you're like no i didn't like them well it's too late you didn't you should have vote voted you should have voted yeah and uh now it's uh now now we're doomed to keep the recaps forever. Oh no, it's a curse. A hundred years. <laughs> 100 it's like years. It, 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 it's like it's like we were talking offline. Like that's yeah, how long like, it'll take for us to finish this damn show. 
Hello. Uh, what were you what were you saying, Nick? Sorry. Well well yeah, but no no no. So 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 we were just saying like, you know, it it's a little more work, but if you guys enjoy it and 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 you think it makes the show better, of course we're going to keep doing it. We, right. we just didn't want to keep doing it if you guys didn't even like it. Or didn't care either way. Or didn't care. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh but since everyone seems to really like it, yeah, we're keeping them. So there we go. And you you heard that we're we're keeping them so hard that we we said we weren't going to do one for this and then we did. So there we go. <laughs> We do it for you guys. Yeah. Uh, also, speaking of things we do do for you guys, uh, <laughs> next week uh, we're covering the Night Doctor's fourth story, which just so happens to be Aliens of London and World War Three. Uh, you know what? AKA the farting aliens. I don't mind the farting aliens. I, I hate them. I think I'm going to be in the minority on this one, which is. Interesting. No, I don't. I don't. I don't think Nick feels feels strongly uh, okay. one way or the other about it either. Um, I just, I'm sure I, I'll feel strongly after watching it. I just don't remember them very well right now. Yeah, I just I think they're the worst. But this is the one where we Captain Jack, right? No, yeah. no, right? No, that's that's uh, World uh, War One. Yeah, that's Empty Child. Doctor dances. Um, I get my World Wars mixed up. Yeah, aliens of <laughs> you get your your real ones mixed up with your yeah, fiction ones. ones. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, no, no. This is um. Here's the thing. I I really hate this story, but <laughs> uh, but I love Boomtown, mm, so it's yeah, almost Boomtown's worth it. Good. Um, it's almost worth it. Uh, but. Not quite, because it's really awful. Um, but anyway, well, I'll get to. Hey, I'll get to air my grievances next week. I had to. I had to rewatch Mark of the Ronnie for like the fifth time. We so. all did, Cass. No, we Nick did not. Did. Nick got to experience it for the first time. Bless his heart. That's but true. like, <laughs> oh, I we make sacrifices. Like third time, <laughs> barf. Anyway. Here we go. So, uh, yeah. So we'll be back. Uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna check out the schedule and see. I believe we can still do this weekly. And let me see here. So this comes out on the 19th, uh, nine on the 26th, ten on the third, uh, eleven on the 10th, and then two weeks later is the Christmas special. So oh, yeah, man. Jeez Louise. Yeah. Um. So then we'll do the Christmas special. We'll say goodbye to Capaldi. We'll take a break and we'll be back, um, you know, in the first quarter of next year to do another another season of uh, the long way round. We haven't even talked about 13's costume yet. Oh, my God. Oh, that's true. Um, I don't like dating these, but I guess we should talk about it. I mean, this is a short episode anyway, so let's do it. Uh, We got our first look at the 12th Doctor's. No. Yes. 12. 13th. Yeah. 13. 13. Man. <laughs> numbers are getting higher. Um, the 13th doctor's outfit. Uh, what do we think? You know, it, this, this show, <laughs> I, it always, it always surprises me that they're able to come up with a look or an idea or a, or a theme that is just not what I was thinking of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, you know, so we, we we're specifically talking about that, that image of Jodie Whittaker's doctor seemingly like on a hill. 
There's, yeah, uh, there's only one. There's only one picture. What else? Well, I know, but just, just for reference, you never know. And you know, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's it was just yeah. It's just very in the most complimentary way possible. It's just very soft mm-hmm. and peaceful. Yeah, and what that says about the character is just so exciting to me. I I am specifically curious about about two two things like one i'm i'm curious about like what her doctor is going to be like because the doctor is a commanding presence always right in every iteration and i there's nothing about that outfit that is commanding and i i am very curious about what that's going to feel like when she's wearing an outfit like that um, what do you what do you mean like, like, you know, like commanding a room and like, it's entirely possible that that could be like part of the, you know, the, the story that they're going to tell is like, oh, the doctor is used to like just walking into a room and owning the room. And now that he's a woman, it's proving to be more difficult. And maybe the outfit is sort of like a reflection of that mm-hmm. in a way. Um, And that, that is, and I think that that's a totally valid, like, story where you know the doctor is just like is this what it's like for you like how it's always been like for you like talking to a companion you know like my god this is awful it's like i'm sorry Um, yeah oh god this is terrible uh so like i i think that that's uh that would be a cool way to take it but yeah i'm just i'm curious like how how her doctor is going to look just like moving around in that outfit and and being a commanding presence, because like I said, the doctor is always a commanding presence, and I have no doubt that she will be a commanding presence as well. But, you know, like you compare – there's definitely more personality in this in this costume than Capaldi's first costume. Yes, yes. Um, over time, he certainly added more personality, and I came to love his later outfits mm-hmm. um, much more than the – than the like the, the deep curtain. breath outfit, yeah. Than the deep breath outfit, right? Um, uh, but uh, yeah, it's just it's just really interesting. Like, I just don't know what to expect. I'm just so like excited. I don't know. I think that yeah. I'm just I'm I'm yeah. I'll go. Please, oh, please. I think that her costume, at least from like the the picture, I think it is commanding in a way that is um like surprising. Like, it's not what you would expect from the first female doctor so in that way it's very it like undercuts things and kind of Mm. makes you like unbalanced or not unbalanced but like on shaky footing like i don't know what to expect from this um Mm -hmm. and that in its own way i think is like a a sense of like um she has like the upper hand that way because you know she's like always one step ahead of people which is like what the doctor is about you Mm -hmm. know so i think it's I don't know, and I appreciate that her um, her pants are not skin tight. I really appreciate yeah. that. <laughs> like it's it's just yeah, she just seems very like you know from with eleven and twelve we were building towards like no, he's not the ultimate doctor. This is the ultimate doctor. He's even meaner, and he doesn't even he just snaps his fingers and the tar store opens. He's the ball. He's the biggest boss, and so. I like the idea of now, what if like 13 was like, I don't need, I don't have that ego. I don't need to tell anyone that I'm the biggest, coolest. I'm just going to just sit here and I have unfathomable power that you can't even comprehend, but I don't need to raise my voice. Mm-hmm. Mm. Like that's just a very, like the idea of like a patient, a, a doctor, kind of like a, like I, I remember thinking the other day, like what if it was like, 
Jane Goodall, but instead of chimpanzees, it's like she's just fascinated with like humanity. <laughs> but it's just this like that's incredible. Just, oh my god. <laughs> Oh, that's amazing. Uh, I'm down for that. Like 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 an Ellie Sad an Ellie Sadler doctor as opposed to a Ian Malcolm doctor, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I mean I'm just like looking at all of New Who, right? And yes. the Ninth Doctor's costume is while while you while it grows on you over time, it's not like immediately like, wow, what a great costume. Yeah, it's very understated. You know? Very mm-hmm. understated. The 10th Doctor, like, right away, the first image of his Doctor, I was like, that's going to be my favorite Doctor. Mm -hmm. Like, I just knew, right? Mm Because it's an instantly iconic outfit. And I would say the same thing about the 11th Doctor's first outfit. Yes. Instantly iconic, I think. Uh, And then the 12th Doctor's is, like, really bland and boring. Um, (laughs) And then over time... You we he 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 basically like grew out of his first outfit and just started wearing whatever the hell he wanted, um, which I really like. Uh, we all know my fondness for the sweater, uh, the sweater hoodie combo. Mm-hmm. Um, I I love that look on twelve, but with this one, it's it's interesting because I I I also don't know what because we've. We've sort of been growing out of throughout New Who. We've been growing out of the uh, the Doctor outfit, quote unquote. You know, where they don't really have a uniform anymore. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I'm also wondering, like, is this what she's going to be wearing all the time, or is this just what she's wearing in her first story? Yeah, I'm interested to see what her like the outfit, so to speak, is. Yeah, like because if this is like your primary outfit, like what does what's the other one? I have no concept of what the other one would even begin to look like. Yeah. And as I described it, I think on the on the group is I, I just I love that it just looks like a bunch of stuff she found in a closet because <laughs> uh, what what I like about that, though, is that um, the doctor's never been a woman for, before. So, like, the doctor might not be prepared to be a woman. And and so, like, they just have to, like, rummage through closets of old companions to just like find to pick stuff. stuff yeah yeah and i kind of like that like i like the idea that the jacket is like an old jacket that sarah jane left behind Aww. and 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 like the the pants are you know are like something that like donna had mm-hmm. or the, and the then the sweater is like a rose sweater or something yeah i just i like that i like that that idea that the doctor was just wholly unprepared for this inevitability mm-hmm. um and and so just threw on whatever 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 she could find it looks comfortable um, it looks very comfortable yeah which is interesting which is considering nice. that like the doctor's never been a woman before so like if mm-hmm. she is comfortable with her clothing like does that necessarily reflect how she feels in her body guys i'm i'm 100 everything castra said absolutely yeah but I'm looking at this picture and I'm imagining it without the jacket and yeah. it gets me even more excited. <laughs> <laughs> I really love the jacket and I love that on the inside of the jacket by the zipper is the same rainbow pattern as on her sweater. Oh, yeah. 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 I just I like that. I like the idea of her coming in with that big, awesome, huge jacket and like this is her and like, you know, because 10, 10 had that big overcoat, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But. 
when she's in like running around the TARDIS mode, the idea of that jacket being off and she just has like her suspenders and her weird, like, like, uh, uh, Mork and Mindy sweater. It's just, yeah, she just seems like such a, like a cool, like the coolest English teacher you could ever have. Yeah. Definitely has a Miss, Miss, uh, Miss Frizzle kind of vibe yeah. to her, for sure. Um, I love that she uh, can just rock suspenders. Like, yeah. What a, mm-hmm. what a freaking icon already. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> and it's just so aesthetically, like, 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 and again, I love all three of these doctors, but, you know, 10, 11, and 12, and nine, no color. Mm hmm. No. And here she comes with just like a, a rainbow 70s sweater and like yeah. billowy blue pants. I don't know. It, it's just very, it's very aesthetically different than any of the other modern doctors. And that's exciting to mm-hmm. me. I I think the the thing that I'm most concerned about is just like, I'm not concerned, disappointed is that we get this picture because, you know, they've started shooting um, as we've already seen spy pictures of her in Capaldi's outfit. Um, under a parka which is also Uh, a lot to deal with Uh, (laughs) but but uh so yeah we've already we've already seen that they've started filming which is why they release these images so that um it doesn't get spoiled by paparazzi Mm -hmm. they don't want to give them the the pleasure or the money uh for selling paparazzi pictures but um uh it can it, it really bothers me that they're already shooting and we're not getting any of these episodes until next fall um yeah that's so far away. Uh and it's uh, I mean it I mean it's good it's good timing for uh for for stuff that we're working on uh behind the scenes. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um God. it's actually <laughs> very good timing, but uh but at the same time I I I am man, I'm just I'm so excited to see her and meet her and I'm afraid that you know, the our first instance of her in the Christmas special is going to be like, you know, 15 seconds and yeah capaldi length matt smith length right Right. and and i want to know i want to get to know her more i do hope that moffat passed uh passed the baton at the regeneration the way that uh russell passed it to steven Mm. at the regeneration um for those of you who don't know russell t wrote up to the 10th doctor regenerating and then when the 11th doctor appears at the end of the end of time that little bit that little chunk is written by Moffat, and you can tell. Um, you can like one hundred percent tell. Absolutely, and I and I'm hoping that Moffat did the same thing. Uh, you know, of writing up to Capaldi's regeneration, and then letting Chibnall write his Doctor for the first time. Right. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's the right move. I think it's the right thing. Yeah. To do. It was well. It, it was just such an unbelievably classy move on RTD's part. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That you you would hope that he would he would pay it forward, especially because you know Chibnall's not a newcomer to the world. I mean, he's right. You know, he's 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 put in his his time in this universe right. already. Yeah. Uh, he hasn't. I written, just really he hasn't written a story in a while. But yeah. I yes, absolutely. It's just I like how it's not cool. It's it's yeah. just so bright and like like there's just like a the pants are at such like an awkward length. Mm-hmm. Like it's just I don't know. It's it's. If you think about it, 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 I'll tell you what, though, to, to, to bring it all back home, it is not a costume I would have appreciated nearly as much had I not gone back and watched, you know, other, other you know, classic episodes of the show. Yeah, it, it, it has a it has a like sort of like sixth doctor, fourth doctor vibe to it um, to me. Like, I feel like it has that sort of energy, I, I think. Hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Whereas so Capaldi really, was very much like, oh, we're bringing it back to like that Troughton, Hartnell kind right. of wizard grandpa era. Right. It's not black and white, but it might as well be. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I I like that we're we're going like really colorful with her. It's 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 cool. It would also be cool if she had sort of a trout and vibe to her. Oh my god, I would love that. Um, of just like having that sort of like you know like goofy uncle. She's like a goofy aunt. Uh, I don't know. Oh, like the cool aunt. Yeah, yeah. That'd be that'd be kind of cool. I'd oh, I'd like god. that. Um, so yeah, just just a tremendously exciting time to be to be a fan of the show. Yeah. Who do you think? Man, I mean, we're about to find out. We're going to find out in like a month. But uh, <laughs> who do you think is – do you think anyone's going to be around for her regeneration? Oh, man. Oh, like – oh, my God. Like Pearl Mackey? Like – Yeah. I mean, we know Pearl Mackey is in the Christmas special right. to say, have like a proper goodbye. And I, I feel weird even saying Bill because that's so up in the air. Like who who knows what, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's Doctor Who. Yeah, that's true. Like that's Billy true. Piper was in Day of the Doctor, but we didn't really see Rose Tyler. Right. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. A, that's really interesting. Oh, I really, the idea of her regenerating, the idea of, of 13 appearing and be, having no one around is really sad to me. No. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what happened to Matt Smith. Yeah, that's true. He turned out fine. Yeah, he's, well, he's <laughs> very <laughs> Did he? Did he turn? Would you say it all said and done? He turned out fine. That was that was such a tenth doctor thing too. Like, well, like, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, he got um, it at the end. Yeah, save that anyway. Down. Anyway, good times. Good times. We're getting it's, closer to Christmas. Uh, just so I, I, I just love this. It, it's the thing that I, I, I love more than anything about being a Doctor Who fan is how everything can, cha- everything changes. Mm-hmm. Every, every, every like handful of years, just everything about the show changes, and yeah. it has never been more true than what's about to happen. Uh, yeah, it's so great. Cool. You just you, you love these, you, you love these shows so much, and it's always cool when. You can feel the show kind of reflecting what we're feeling about, you know, being alive right now, but like in a positive right, way. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very timely. It's been I, it's been back for twelve years. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Twelve years. That's insane. Like, just think about, like, we are in nineteen. We're we're in we're we're in the Tom Baker era right now. What? Yeah. Oh, sh- shoot. Right? 63 <laughs> to 75, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Tom Baker era. Not even the good – aren't we even past the good Tom Baker era? Yes, We're yes like, we are. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Which time? Where's, where's the camera? <laughs> where's the camera? Well, no, I don't – I, I don't know. I think we're like peak Tom Baker right now. Oh, I guess that's true. I guess that's true. That's like more like – like the I, back it really half feels of this. like Tom Baker. It really feels like Tom Baker went and saw Star Wars and was just like, "Oh my god, <laughs> what am I doing?" <laughs> and just like picked up the bottle around oh, there. No. Oh no! Oh, I think Star Wars broke Tom Baker. You guys. <laughs> oh, it broke a few of us. Yeah. Uh, so. All right. Porks, anyway. Porks, porks, um, porks, porks. 
<laughs> well, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, we'll be back next week to talk about the farting aliens. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. <Goodbye. laughs>